And welcome to another exciting episode of Towel I Talk. And this week we'll be actually doing an episode of Pursuit of Plastic, which is now under the umbrella of the main podcast. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the toys we love. Um, just the, you know, some of the toys that we've collected over the years, some new, some old. And then we'll be talking about our anticipated toys of what's coming up. This is Chris. And this is Casey. And we're rocking it out on this uh, very special holiday. So, <laughs> yeah, we're we're recording this on four twenty. I think I'll probably call the episode "Fire It Up." Uh, <laughs> appropriate, uh, appropriate. Yes, and uh, yeah, we haven't done a pursuit of plastic in a long time. Um, it had its own podcast. We couldn't keep up with it, so we just absorbed it into the towel light talk umbrella. Um, but you know, we've been pretty consistent, like we said before, trying to get you guys an episode a week or at least every other week and expect more Pursuit of Plastics coming at you as well. Um, maybe probably about once a month we can probably get to those. They're usually a little bit more research intensive, um, but this one should be just a fun one, you know? This is talking about our favorite toys. Yeah, I and I think it's really important because I think it was such a unique idea to kind of do it and do kind of history of toys and stuff like that. But let's have some fun with it this time around since we weren't as prepared, but we want to keep it consistent. So, um, yeah, let's get into the news. <clears throat> we, had a, we had a big trailer um, debut the day after that we did our last podcast. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, just we can, it. yeah, so let's just, let's a little, just touch on the Dr. Strange trailer. Cause it's not really that new in most people's minds, but it was definitely cool. Um, it's definitely a new aspect of the Marvel Universe that we haven't seen before. Uh, it's like taking a walk through an M.C. Escher painting uh, from the looks of it. Uh, what did you get out of it? You know, I was whelmed, as uh, Joss Whedon would say. I wasn't underwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I wasn't overwhelmed. I was just whelmed. And the reason why is because I like the character of Doctor Strange quite a bit. And I know his backstory. And... This trailer for me didn't do anything to get me like super excited. Like I'm already on board. Like as soon as they said the words Doctor Strange, and then you start throwing things at me like Benedict Cumberbatch, Chip Wally, Elijah Four, uh, Tilda Swinton, Rachel McAdams, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. You know what I mean? Like I'm already there, but this trailer didn't make me go. I have to see this movie more than I already will. I think I will after the second trailer, for sure. The second trailer will get me there. Yeah, what I, what I really saw in this was just like, I know that they kept saying that Marvel wasn't going to really do origin stories anymore. Just kind of stray away from I mean, they still have to with these kind of characters. But yeah. I think it's an easy way to do it by kind of just showing it off in the trailer, making it kind of the center of attention at first. Because they can kind of blow through his... like. They could do kind of like flashbacks, I guess, with his more or less. It would be kind of more interesting to see it that way than just the grand scale uh, origin story. I mean, honestly, I hope that's what they do. Mm -hmm. But Strange is, for sure, lack of a better term, huh? Like you're, you're going to say Strange, but I say complicated as well. Yeah. I mean, he, his character doesn't exist. I mean, a lot of the fights do not exist on the normal plane that everyone else is on his scale of monsters and demons and, and adversaries rival pretty much anyone else's. You know what I mean? Like 
Yeah, okay, you can fight an alien, Tony Stark. That's cool. I'm fighting the entire underworld today. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. his days. So he's got, like, a lot more stakes. And, like, that was one of the things is, like, and I get it. It's a teaser. It's a little bit more than a teaser. Um, don't, you know, for this kind of character, for the general audience, you really got to take baby steps. You really got to put that pinky into the pool. Um, but I know that this movie is going to be so much grander in scale. Yeah, I definitely see this trailer as being the Stephen Strange trailer versus the Doctor Strange yeah. trailer. So, yeah, I think it's just going to... I don't think they can really throw too much spectacular at you so much in the teaser as they can kind of draw the the overall audience into looking at this as not such a spectacular movie, but more of like, hmm, this really looks very interesting, even from like the the normal moviegoer's perspective to want to go and see it. And then all of us are just blown away when we actually see the final product or, you know, the next couple trailers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Dr. Strange looks great. Uh, it's the next, up, uh, actually the next upcoming Marvel movie that this year is civil war and it's coming out is it in two weeks. <laughs> yep. Just over two weeks away. Uh, as we've mentioned before, we'll be, incoherent in the Dominican Republic at that time. So no spoilers will even probably enter our ear holes. Uh, so we'll be seeing that once we get back. Uh, but, you know, the projection for that movie is, is really, you know, it's looking great. Um, what do you think movie man? What do you think about that? So um, if you guys don't know on our uh, website, don't forget to I do um, the weekend roundup where I go through all of the movie's uh, revenue from the weekend before and also kind of throw my ideas about what to expect in upcoming weeks. Um, This weekend, we're getting um, uh, Huntsman prequel, you know, like whatever. It looks like a little bit of, uh, what is that movie, Frozen? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Live action. Exactly what I uh, thought when brings in her sister the ice queen <laughs> yeah and it's also you know so far the people on collider hate it um but on their other end they've all seen uh captain america civil war and gave it you know really good praises and i listened to those guys like christian harloff and john schnapp and you know i like collider uh reviewers for the most part um and they are saying that uh it's tracking right now to be 175 million opening weekend, if not more. Um, Age of Ultron uh, opened at 180 million and people don't even really like that movie. Right. (laughs) So they love Captain America Civil War. Um, You know, it could go, I don't know if it will do Star Wars numbers. Uh, You know, overall it, it won't because it doesn't hit so many generations, but it will definitely... I'd say it beats BVS. I say it does a, a an easy billion dollars. Won't even struggle for it. I think it's funny when you say it doesn't hit as many generations when Captain America is like one of the oldest comic book characters. But no, I mean, granted, yeah. granted, it you know in the movie verse, yes. Um, in the movie verse, though, the Russo brothers showed their uh, their their chops in the Marvel universe uh, with Cap- Captain America two, which is definitely my favorite uh, of the Marvel movies thus far okay, all so, of them yeah it's i mean seriously man um guardians yeah i mean guardians guardians exists on its own special thing but i'm a huge captain america fan i'm a huge yeah, yeah. fan um so that movie just 
it's let me put it this way my my wife doesn't like to watch movies more than once most of the time when it she's watched this movie at least 15 times which means in my book it's it's up there because i've watched that many times and i just i enjoy it every time i watch it so i'm looking forward to civil war in their hands i'm looking forward to the infinity war movies in their hands so um bring it i'm i'm pumped for civil war yeah absolutely um so let's let's head on over to the opposite spectrum of the uh the comic book verse and let's talk about uh justice league versus teen titans uh that got came out last week uh i just recently watched it this week so you just recently watched it as well so let's touch base on one of our favorite animated movie verses ever um and something that dc does really well uh their animated movies uh, so, you know, the Justice League versus Teen Titans title, you know, definitely played on the whole Batman versus Superman thing this year. Um, just like, but it definitely does not do the same thing. Um, I had no expectations for this movie. I I was excited for it because I love Titans and I, I like, I love the DC movies. I'm not a big, big fan of the new 52 verse uh, movies. They're good. Uh, we've, we've talked about this, like Jason O'Mara, Batman is hideous. Um, but they do do some other things really great. This movie though, it, it blew me away. I mean, I, I was excited the entire time that I was watching it and I'm double, double excited for, uh, the, the sequel, which they kind of tease at the end, which we'll touch on later. Yeah, I was, um, you know, no expectations. Like, the new 52 verse, you know, I like Justice League War. I like Throne of Atlantis. I don't like Son of Batman. I don't like Batman versus Robin. Like, they're adequate, but they're not amazing. A lot of people shed on Bad Blood. I actually didn't mind Bad Blood. I liked Bad Blood this year. I liked it a lot um, because there, it was the, it was the uh, Dick Grayson Batman story in, in, in reality. So, right. And that was one thing, if I have to complain about this movie, is that, you know, Nightwing is only in it for like two minutes and one minute of it. He's a creepy perv, um, <laughs> which is fine, <laughs> which is fine with me. Cause you know, these are really mature movies. Um, and you know what the funny thing is, is like I watched teen Titans go and I really love that show at first. I never, I didn't think I would because I thought it was me like too kitty and, right. and whatnot, but it's, it's really, it's a great show to actually, you know, it's more funny. It's a great show to watch when you're like kind of fucked up. Um, it's actually has some really great adult humor. Um, so I really like that show. I like the original teen Titans show a lot too. the old one, the old anime style one. And we'll talk about this, the anime, uh, the anime tributes that they actually do in this movie, which really kind of blew my mind. But, um, yeah, the lack of Nightwing in it was kind of interesting, but at the same time, you realize that there was the old teen Titans before this, um, not so much with cyborg because, in this new 52 universe, he, his universe, his origin story actually propels him right into the justice league. So I like the fact that they kind of fed him into it at the end with the pizzas and that he was hanging out with them and kind of felt comfortable. I thought that was kind of smart. That was very smart. Um, they kind of talked how star, you know, Starfire is the leader of the team. Now um, she's, she's matured through it. Um, you could also call this justice league versus uh, Starfire's boobs if you wanted to as well. Um, so, uh, I just, I kind of liked it with, uh, all the new ones too. Um, Beast Boy was cool. I, 
I kind of would have dug his voice from the original cartoon. But Jamie Ray's, uh, uh, Jaime Ray's, sorry, Blue Beetle was cool. Damien Robin was actually my favorite version of this character so far in the animated verse. Yeah, that, you know, um, me and uh, Nisha watch all of these too. And, you know, we both liked it a lot, actually. And we both, she hasn't seen, she actually has not seen the two Batman movies because I kind of didn't put her through those. Maybe I'll go back and, and make her watch them. But she hates Damien for the most part. And we both enjoyed him in this one. He grew up a bit. Um, I didn't know anything about Teen Titans other than a little bit from Teen Titans Go. So this made me what, go, okay. I you? <laughs> I <don't know>. The <laughs> episode you showed me. Yeah. But I also like, I mean, I know the characters, but it yeah, made yeah. me go and download the comics because I was like, okay, let me go buy these. Let me learn about these characters a bit more. I almost, I actually almost bought new Teen <clears throat> Titans number one today at the comic shop, but I had to hold myself back. How much was it? <laughs> Thirty bucks. Oh, oh. It's straight up, it's straight up Marv Wolfman, man. It's like take that to Comic Con, get it signed, get that graded, and that's it. Teen yeah, Titans I mean, this was, you know, I I actually enjoyed the Titans more than I enjoyed the Justice League, and like the, my problem is this new Fifty Two Justice League, like Superman when he gets to be unleashed is awesome. Same, actually, if any of them get to be unleashed, it's awesome. And there's parts of that in this movie where you kind of get to see their power sets a little bit, um, you know, with Flash uh, and all that kind of stuff. And um, Superman got to beat the shit out of some things, but overall, like the Teen Titans dynamic was better. You know what I mean? Like they're more they're kids, but it was funny. Um, why don't we talk about the anime references? I just want to also mention I, Raven is also one of my favorite characters from Teen Titans, and I I just like how it was very Raven centric. Um, very went oh, yeah. into like her personality, and you know, and Trigon is a great villain as well because he's so like a demon is so unstoppable. Even for like what I like about the magic side of DC is that it makes Superman vulnerable. So that he is not always the like the the solve all for all these problems. They're, like somebody else always has to step up when it's magic involved, and it was really kind of cool just to see like that happen in this movie. So, go ahead, talk about the anime. Yeah, um, I didn't know anything about Raven's backstory, so I actually thought that was really nice to learn that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I am a fan of La Blue Girl. If you guys do not know what that is, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a scene and it's not safe for work though it's not safe for work at all um but that character of trigun at least in this depiction and you can tell me if it's true or not was very much the demon sex god who is in um in uh, la blue girl and that was one reference there's a blatant sailor moon reference when the <laughs> titans are like getting assembled they're transforming into their uniforms they really are it was crazy and then um what i mean like there was a you know there was a ddr uh scene which went on for way longer than it needed to you could tell that whoever paid um you know dc or warner brothers to be in this movie or maybe they knew the producer or something it was just crazy the song went on way too long well, it's that is such a heavy, like I guess, 
Japanese influence thing. Like oh, they geez. love they love DDR there. So it's I mean I, it's not I'm not surprised to see it in the movie. I think that it could have been definitely shorter. Like the whole carnival scene is very smart. I like it going to have fun, but the whole dance dance revolution thing was a little outplayed. And but whatever, you know. Um, one thing that and we usually like to give props to the voice actors because you know if we if if they weren't behind it, then we wouldn't even know some of these characters like Kevin Conroy being our Batman, Mark Hamill being our Joker, and etc. Andrea Romano did not do the voice coaching for this movie. Like we always like to pick her out from the credits and we noticed that. I didn't notice that, but I, you know what? The voice, the voicing on this was a little bit off for me. It seemed a little bit, not as professional as it normally is. And that's, that's funny what I you mean. mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that because I, even though I was like, eh, it still seemed a little stale to me. Um, what's her name? Uh, Vera, Vera Formiga, her sister did the voice of Raven. That's her name. Oh, she was uh, Tasia or Tiza. She's she, on American Horror Story, and so she's a good actress. She was good, but she fell a little flat too. So it was just oh, like she was. Raven was super flat, and I it was forgivable because they did a really good job with the character and the backstory and all that stuff. So, but like like I wasn't really that impressed with the voices either. It felt very forced and flat almost. Yeah. Um, closing thoughts. I know you wanted to mention, cause I don't want to stay on this no. topic forever, but you wanted to mention the sequel. Like, Oh yeah. What's going on. It's cool because <clears throat> Tara, Tara is a big, a big, big, big character in Tara, uh, teen Titans. Um, especially with like, uh, when it comes down to like death stroke and all that stuff. So I really hope that they do bring in death stroke into like a teen Titans movie, will. which I think yeah. would be really awesome. Um, and there's just there's a lot of potential there. I, I'm really excited to see a sequel to this. I'm Sand, excited that. Please. Oh, right. one more thing. I'm sorry. Damien Damien was very Batman like in this. He was very, and that's what I really kind of liked about it. That they paid tribute to his his like his you know his heritage. Um, that he denied the Ra's al Ghul that he was always obsessed with, and that he moved on to being more like Batman than than anything in this in this movie so well i will say and i agree with you but i will say that there's a point in the movie where he goes i'm not an al ghoul and i don't know if it, if you thought so but i thought he was gonna say i'm a wayne but instead he goes i'm a titan and i was yeah. like really bitch you're a fucking wayne yeah. <laughs> you're you're a bat family yeah, you've been acting like Batman this entire movie. Like he, he dragged you kicking and screaming to hang out with these teenagers, and then you ended up enjoying it. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but right. I was gonna say about. Do you remember just real quick? Do you remember in Son of Batman was Deathstroke? He wasn't killed then, was he? Because he's in that movie. No, I don't think he's so. never dead. I mean, so I, I don't remember them really killing off anybody in these movies because it's it's. <clears throat> Unless they make a big deal out of it, I just I just find that they, they, they do it like Conquest. They're going to recycle the villains. So please. Yeah. All right, moving on. Yep. Next, uh, next little thing from the DC verse. Uh, we were t- we were always talk about the flashbacks. We're either nay or yay on them. Um, I really don't know why we're going back to Russia next season. Um, do you Do you have any idea with Arrow? I'm I'm kind of I don't know. 
this season's was just like, hey, here's the idol for Damian Dark. This is what it yeah, does. Like, I, uh, we haven't finished the season yet, but I'm kind of in that same, like, yeah, <laughs> stage. I um, read a quote from the producer, uh, which is why I wrote down this piece of information. She said, and I can't remember this producer's name because it's usually like Mark Guggenheim or Andrew Kreisberg or Greg Berlanti usually says something. But anyways, this producer said um, that they understand this season's flashbacks suck, basically. She was just kind of like, you know, we're not as happy with them. And you're right. It's all leading up to this idol thing. And just like last season was all leading up to like uh, Tatsu, um, Tatsu, basically just like the kid, the kid dying the reason yeah, then why becoming katana yeah the reason um, why his friend became so shitty you know they just they're not really good story movers anymore i don't I, not like they were you can't spend an entire season for one little piece of information about oliver so next year this leads me to believe that, I mean, we're going to learn about his tattoo that he has on him. We're going to learn why he knows Russian and how he has those connections. So now my question is, does, um, what's her name? Eliza Rotoru, what is, what is her name? I can never pronounce her name right. She yeah. either is going to die and that forces him to go to Russia or she lives and brings him to Russia. That's a good point. I hope she lives because I do like her character, though I feel like they could be doing more with her. I mean, ultimately, I wish they wouldn't do flashbacks at all because they sucked the last couple of years, but here we are. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, we we'll see how that turns out. We'll talk about that more in our uh, season wrap-up of, uh, of both. Uh, the next thing I just wanted to kind of touch on, because this is kind of a heated debate sometimes. Uh, most of the time, you and I agree on uh, the topic of changing the... Um, the race of a character uh, from the original source material to say a movie or a TV show or, you know, what, etc. cetera. Um, so now we have the ghost in the shell coming out. Finally, it's taken whatever umpteenth years to put on an adaptation of this live version of the, the original uh, <clears throat> anime manga, whatever. Um, so now we know Scarlett Johansson has been cast in the, in the lead role. There's a lot of flack about that. But now we have the original creator going and saying, well, I never intended this character to be perceived as Asian. So what do you what do you have to say about this? Um, I don't care, honestly. I actually don't like that anime. I'm one of like three people who hates it. I guess you are too. I don't give a shit. I like Scarlett Johansson. Um, you know, like these kind of things are kind of weird. Cause like you think like if it's an anime, then they have full intention to make the person Asian. But I don't believe that like speed racer. He's not Asian in my mind. Same thing with, um, Naruto? The people... <laughs> Naruto's is that like his a... name? Naruto's like this. No, like the Naruto. Oh uh... yeah. 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 He's yeah, a yeah. Blonde Sorry. white, blonde white kid. <clears throat> right. You know what I mean? Like, Full Metal Alchemist, like, you draw them kind of white. Like, so, I don't care what the race is. Just make the movie good. The same thing with Iron Fist. Like, yeah, I guess Marvel could have made them Asian, but, like, I don't care. Like, just stick to whatever you want, and as long as the actor's good, that's all I care about. See, 
you have to you have to throw it in because you want to you want to spark a debate. But here's the thing: we're not as I, as I read <clears throat> more and more Iron Fist, the Danny Rand has to be white. But since Iron Fist is an ongoing idea that there's always been Iron Fist and that it changes hands, the character Danny Rand should be this white guy. Yes, they could do an Iron Fist series with a different person, whether it be Oriental Black or whatever you want it to be. But um, I guess I guess it's your I guess it really comes down to opinion. Um, but most of the time, you have to have an open mind to whether the actor is a good actor or not. It's like it, it's a fine line, I guess. I guess like if you picked some obscure Asian actress. Because I, I can tell you right now, and I don't want to sound racist, that I don't know any, like, big Asian actresses other than, like, Ming-Wan Wen. I can't remember her name exactly Agent from May. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent May. Um, or, like, Michelle Yeoh. I mean, like, there's a bunch of Asian actresses, but, like, they're older. I don't know any young Asian actresses off the top of my head. And I know a lot about movies um, to be in this movie. And I also know, like... Even if it was a big one over in whatever country she comes from, you know, if it's from Japan, like that's going to be such a small, small subset of people who even know who that actress is, you know, like, so if they want to try to get this movie out to the mainstream audiences, they got to put a big name on there. And like, I already kind of sound like an asshole because I said I know a lot about movies. I, I don't mean it to be like that. I'm just saying I don't know any Asian American actresses or Asian actresses that are going to fit the bill that are going to be able to drive a potentially new franchise. Right. And sell tickets. Scarlett yes. Johansson's going to sell tickets. Yes. Yep. I'm all about badass female characters um, in the mainstream movies, anyways. Like, so if it's Scarlett Johansson, she doesn't get enough love as Black Widow sometimes, at least on the toy shelves. And this is a Pursuit of Plastic episode. You know, Make some toys out of her, then you know. Let's let's get let's get her going. All right. Speaking of badass female characters, um, little tidbit for the uh, upcoming, hopefully rated R Wolverine movie. Uh, there's a rumor that X twenty three, his clone, his perfect clone, uh, may actually be in the movie. Thoughts? You know, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm. It's not that I am opposed to the character being in the movie. It's just that I really hope they find a weird way to do the old man Logan storyline. And I want that to be the way though. When I did hear this news, I said, well, this would be a good way to have Wolverine continue when Hugh Jackman is gone and they shouldn't stop making Wolverine movies. And if this is the way you introduce the character, I don't know if it's like in the future or at the end of the movie, he died. I don't know what the hell the hell they're going to make it into this, but you know, for franchise purposes, yeah, I think it's smart. For my own personal preference of seeing an old man Logan movie, even though they don't have Hawkeye, Hulk, <laughs> Spider-Man, or any of the characters that make that, that comic so great, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess they'll just, if Fox figure out a way to do it in a smart way, I'll, I'll watch your female-driven Wolverine movie. I can tell you that. Yeah, I'm not... I don't know. I never really followed X-23. Um, I had thought maybe Dakin would be a cool idea for this movie, but at the same time, who gives a shit about Dakin? Um, yeah. I just, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Sabretooth again. 
unless it's like a really good story. I don't want to see Leaf Liv Shriver come back. Really? I don't. I I don't mind that Sabretooth. I liked it better than the original movies, but I do. I do, I would rather see, like you said, something more spectacular, like an old man Logan movie, adapted properly, than just like some random Wolverine story that they're not. Maybe they don't even do right. You know what I mean? Just do something more fantastical than these more run-of-the-mill ones. I guess that's why I love Days of Futures Past so much because it was such a... It was more of like a sci-fi epic than anything. Right. Um, That's true. I don't know if you have this. I I had one more small piece of news on here. Yeah, the, updated it. yeah, I saw. I just kind of went from badass female oh, to another one. Okay, okay. <laughs> I gotcha. So, yeah, you can introduce this one since you read the comics and I just watched the show. Uh, yeah, so last piece of little news is that one of my favorite authors, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, um, who, who did uh, Why the Last Man, he's currently writing Saga and Paper Girls. Um, he just did a one shot. Um, for The Walking Dead, um, it's titled The Alien. It's available online on his website, um, which is panelsyndicate.com. You can you can download it now. Um, you can put any price you want on it. Um, and apparently the one-shot features uh, two people in it, and one of them is hinting at being Rick's brother, uh, Rick Grimes' brother and, and things. So if you're interested in reading a one-shot by Brian K. Vaughn, which you should because he's a fantastic author, you know, that's something to check out. Cool. So, uh, let's talk about some toys, huh? I am dying to talk about some toys. Let's do it. All right. So, this episode of The Pursuit of Plastic is going to talk about the pursuits of that we've had to kind of track down some of our uh, favorite toys, our grails, um... You know, just some well, of the. We still have to do a Grail episode, though. We do, but I'm, I'm sure we'll mention a few of them within this, because yeah. Grails, I guess, are kind of also like outstanding toys that we've failed to uh, uh, acquire yet. So, um, yeah, so let's get going. Um, let's let's do it this way. Um, I think like some of our stuff kind of crosses over a little bit, so um, yeah. let's. If we do share like a topic, we'll kind of pipe in a little bit and and talk about that. So, okay, why don't you start and um, we'll rock it out. Well, you know, over overall, I, I have two figures that I've gotten from Hot Toys um, in the last, I guess, year. Uh, I have the Marty McFly Hot Toys figure. And I just recently, as of last week, got the Kylo Ren Hot Toys figure in. Um, there is a distinction. Oh, actually, sorry, I have three Hot Toys. I forgot I have the Machiko She Predator toy, which you also have. Um, there's a distinction between Sideshow Collectibles and Hot Toys. Hot yeah, toys which is, I don't know. So, which I, yeah. I've always been kind of confused on myself because I'll see them. And then I'll be like, wait a minute, why does this have a different tag? So explain. So I think we'll end up doing a whole history of the company um, because I think it would be beneficial for the listeners and for us. Um, but Hot Toys, I believe, is a Japanese company. Um, and what they'll do is they get put out from Sideshow as a distributor. Because, for example, there's two Deadpool figures. There's a Sideshow Collectibles Deadpool figure that is... Um, He's got like little pop-up bubbles, you mm-hmm. know, where he can, you can write his phrases and he looks a little bit more like the comics. 
and he looks good, but he looks a little bit more cartoony. And then you have the Hot Toys version, which looks exactly like movie replica Deadpool Ryan Reynolds movie. Um, I find that the Hot Toys version of things look more like the characters um, than the Sideshow. The Sideshow collectibles, you know, like there's a there's a Nathan Drake that's coming out, and he doesn't look like he does in the in the in the in the uh, video game. Huh. And, and it's strange. Yeah, there's a one six scale sideshow uh, Nathan Drake. If you guys don't know by now, Uncharted is one of Chris and I's favorite video game series ever. He just looks slightly different, and it's like Hot Toys will make it look exactly like what you expect. Whereas Sideshow, something will be a little off. Just something like they they have a Punisher figure that's coming out, and it's like it looks okay, mm-hmm. but like then you got Mezco which looks like what you want out of the comic. So um, the two hot, or three Hot Toys figures that I have, um, I got the Marty McFly from Back to the Future, the first movie. Um, it's come ton, like a lot of accessories. He, he, he's got clothes like that are exactly from the movie. There's zippers on it and stuff. Um, very, very photorealistic. Um, and then Kylo Ren, even though he doesn't have a face, I mean, like that figure has so many points of articulation. Um, there's an area on one of his arms where there's a zipper where you can take out his arm, his forearm, and replace it with another one that has a light inside of it. So he has a light up lightsaber. Insane. So, like the articulation and like the attention to detail, like some of his pants are like pleather, and then on top of it, it's cloth, and then on top of it, it's like a different type of cloth. Like they get it. Like they know, like the figures are expensive, they're 250 bucks. You can do installment plans for a lot of them. Um, But I can tell you right now that once you get one in your hands and you own it, you will understand why it costs that much. And I'll I'll say that I agree with you because I was always kind of, because of my impulse impulse problems, I, I did not want to even like open those floodgates. But it was the only way for me to get a Machiko figure, which we just, you know, we mentioned that we both have it. Um, it is. Can you explain what Machiko is? Because <laughs> of course, yeah, ninety-nine percent of you don't know who Machiko is. Um, so Machiko was a character created by uh, Dark Horse Comics for the very first Alien and Alien vs Predator crossover comic. war. Um, so what happens is she's like she's on this like desert planet. She's a she works on a ranch and da da da. Um, so the aliens attack and eventually she's like the only survivor and she meets one of the predators who's there to hunt the aliens who actually put the aliens on that planet to hunt them. Um, she, if you've seen alien versus predator, the movie, you kind of understand the idea when she kills the alien and saves, like, I don't know. She, I don't know if she saves him, but like the scar predator accepts her into the clan, which happens in this but at the end of this book, she goes with the Predators, and there's like even a sequel series where she's hunting with them and stuff like that. So she becomes the she-Predator, and that's what this toy is. Um, it's her in her full Predator garb, um, and it's it's a beautiful figure. It's um, It's got a lot of cool accessories. Uh, it's got her alien head shield. <laughs> um, yeah. It was just, it's, those kind of things are worth the price point to me. Um, <clears throat> so 
once once I discovered installment plans, especially in this new this TNS group that we found on Facebook, um, where we can get the figures cheaper, um, we'll we can talk get about some that kind of that. rare ones, which we'll talk talk about in a little bit. But I I I like buying the one six scale characters when it's appropriate for me to kind of grow my uh, collection. Yeah, absolutely. The um... I mean, Chris is right. Like with impulse buying, it's not really easy it's to like. Dangerous. Drop. Yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> like you can drop twenty dollars on a Black Series figure and it's done. It's over. You got it, or a Marvel Legends or whatever. But and even the Bandai, you know, we're down that road with the Star Wars figures because they look like the characters and they have better points of articulation. Um, the Hot Toys are are collectible pieces of art. Really, and like when someone comes by to your house and they see that, like that's a stat, you know, like that's a work of art. But you get to play with it; <laughs> so, it's fantastic. Definitely, and also, you know, we'll lead into the one twelve collective, which is just another gateway to gateway to hell. <laughs> I would say. Um, all right, so uh, let's let's move on from the hot toys. Uh, We'll talk about your 112. All right, let's talk about 112 as long as we're in kind of the more designer um, action figure series. Uh, we've we've mentioned how we had a little issue getting our hands on the very first 112 figure, which was the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Um, Mezco 112, Mez- sorry. Yes, so Mezco makes 112, which is a 6-inch scale versus the 1.6, which is 12-inch scale. So for you noobs out there. Um, so... Mezco makes these great figures with soft clothing, awesome amounts of articulation, great accessories. So it's in kind of like the tradition of the 1-6 scale figures, but at my favorite scale, 6-inch. So I got my hands on the Batman one so far, uh, the Mutant Leader. I pre-ordered, so far I've pre-ordered the Daredevil and the Captain America. And some of them I, I just don't – I'm not going to get. Like the Flash, I don't really like. Um, some the Shazam, I don't give a shit about. All the Batman versus Supermans can burn in hell. Um, but like the Green Arrow is coming out. The Punisher is coming out, which we'll talk about our anticipated toys in a little bit. But I'll just cover those. But there are some amazing figures. Um, and they, it, it quickly became probably one of my favorite toy lines of all time. And one thing that I, I really like about – both um, the 112s and the 16s is that they'll come with um, stands so that you can pose the figures. And that's one big area of contention. Like, you know, even with the band eyes and, uh, you know, the Black Series and stuff, um, I guess the Hasbro in general, right? Uh, is that it would be nice to to pose them, which was always great. If you goes, if you guys go back to listen to our toy biz episode, like you came with like different platforms to pose your characters on. Um, and like the pegs where you could, you could stand your characters up. So like, it's nice that now they'll include those, you know, in the one twelve they give you a clear plastic one where you can pose your characters or sorry in the yeah one twelve and then on the one six you just kind of get like a stand thing, but it just makes it a lot nicer if you want to pose your characters and take toy photography pictures well it's also the fact that you don't want your two hundred three hundred dollar toy falling off the shelf no absolutely so that's not. the nice thing, but I was gonna mention about like Marvel Legends and has like those 
cheaper toys, at least they have the holes in the foot where you can buy base stands for them and they can stand them. Yeah. Bandai don't have any hole in the foot. I looked at that the other day and I was like, I want to kind of pose this but not have it fall. Yeah. Granted, they have really nice joints, so they, they're tight and they stay well They're posed. good about standing in general, yeah. But that it's it's tough at the same time. So Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Like the Batman stand is awesome. It has where you can actually just stand him on the platform or it has a like a grasp one where you can where you can actually um uh have him look like he's flying and then with the cape the cape manipulation tool is awesome. So oh, it's it's yeah. a great line. For under hundred dollars, those toys are golden. And it's just like I will never step by on them if they're awesome like that. And they look yeah. good. And they don't seem any any signs of stopping. No, no. Just just too many coming up at the same time is the problem. <laughs> this is true. Um Going a little touching back, uh, I mentioned Toy Biz. Um, it's now a grail figure for most people is that I have uh, in the box uh, the Deadpool figure from Toy Biz. Um, with the movie, the figure has shot up <laughs> in price. Some people can get upwards of $250 for it. I have not listed it online yet. Uh, I saw it under the sold, $250. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's sitting packed away in the closet. You know, no dust on it. Um, looks very good. Uh, that's that's a grail figure for most of you listening. I will say, people are going kind of crazy for some of these figures. Like I just sold that Winter Soldier loose figure, the Toy Biz six inch. Just sold it for eighty bucks the other day. It's the times, you know. Civil War's coming out soon. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that's it. Like, and it's hard to say, like, what's going to do it? Like, Deadpool, I mean, that figure has been very popular for a really long time, but, like, who really would have thought Winter Soldier would probably be, like, that popular until the movies came out, honestly. Great so. design, great concept. Why not? Yeah, Ed Brubaker written. Um, all right, what else you got on your list here? Um, as long as we're talking about superheroes, uh, I guess I can talk about. Uh, the DC Universe Classics. I spent uh, many a years accumulating that collection, which I ended up selling most of it off. Um, I love that series. It was most of it was sculpted by the Four Horsemen. Eventually, uh, Maddie Collector came up with a club, which lasted two years, um, which gave us some really cool figures. Um, they compared to today's multiverse figures, which are in stores. They're complete like those figures are shit. And I get pissed off when people like praise them. I'll even go on Facebook and I'll say, "What are you talking about?" I mean, you're talking about the quality between like when the four horsemen used to sculpt these to like this garbage plastic you're putting out for twenty dollars. I'm sorry, but it's there was a time when DC figures were just as good as the Marvel Legends, and that time ended really quickly, unfortunately. Um, so there's a lot of unmade figures, but. The ones I did hold on to were most of my Batman ones and my New Gods collection, um, which is one of my prized collection, like prized uh, lots of action figures. Yeah, I mean, like I get it. Like right now, Marvel Legends is kind of in its own renaissance where it's making a lot of figures for characters that haven't gotten a lot of love in the past. And, you know, like that's that's nice. 
you know, it's nice to see some of these figures or like, for example, like uh, Ben Riley clone Spider-Man got like a redo, you know what I mean? But it's just like another Spider-Man line, another Captain America line. It's like, how many caps are you going to put out? Like there's already probably like five or so just from civil war. Sorry, not civil war. Um, first Avenger to winter soldier to not to the Avengers to now civil war. There's like four caps right there just based off the movies. And it's like, there's no, I mean, we've talked about it. It's just not as much originality as far as like what they're offering as far as accessories. Um, Articulation is nice, but then you got a figure that can't even stand up. I don't give a shit. And it's really about sculpt and the price point. I mean, it's not, I mean, when you have toy biz, Marvel Legends looking better than the Hasbro ones. You have Mattel's, the DC Universe classics look way better than like the more recent figures. So I, I just don't understand like when you're when you were charging half the price before for great figures, and now you're charging almost you know twice as much for shit. So whatever. I mean it's it is inflation in a way, but at the same time, I mean these figures to me, I mean Maddie Collector figures right now are twenty four dollars, twenty five dollars. In the store, you're buying these crap toys for $19.99. These toys should be priced at $14.99, $15. Am I? They should. I agree. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, I just fully agree with that. Um, I was going to say, as far as DC collectibles go. That's a different, that's a different world. Okay. DC right. collectibles okay. is is more of an artisan artis- line, I would, artisan, whatever that word is. Artisanal. Artisan. Artisan, artisanal. Just stop. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's just like you get a better quality product for, you know, average $25 a figure from designer series to the icons, which I love. You know, it's yes. like they're just, I put them on more of the scale like NECA and Mesco and that kind of stuff. Not your mass producers like Hasbro and Mattel and that kind of, those kind of monsters, I would say. Okay. Um, one DC figure, um, which I absolutely do love, and it goes into my Grail collection a little bit, is um, Superman Red Sun um, by Mark Millar. Uh, my favorite Superman story ever made, though American Alien is coming up real quick. Um, yeah, at five issues so far, it's so good. But... Um, I got the evil uh, dictator Superman figure, which comes with the uh, ripped off decapitated head of Metallo in it. And, um, you know, I like Superman when he gets weird and like when authors get to really mess around with him. And in that story, he turns evil in the sense of like being an evil dictator. He does. He's not really just going out and like killing people or anything like that, but yeah, that line and that story, um, I'm trying to get all the characters from that. And that was the first one I got. And it sits proudly in front of my DC shelf on my, uh, my glass collector's case. Awesome. Awesome. As long as we're on the, uh, the topic of, I guess, DC, let's, <clears throat> I'm going to mention one of the Maddie clubs that I really loved uh, was the Watchmen, the comic accurate series. Uh, I know that you know around the movie time they put out the movie figures, which I wasn't a big yeah. fan of, but I wouldn't I wouldn't collect those. But when Maddie 
announced that the Four Horsemen were going to be doing a comic accurate line, I was all over it. And the packaging is awesome because when you line them up, it says it's like the big brick wall that says who watches the Watchmen. Um, it's just those those club figures. I, I'll give them tell this. They're expensive. The shipping's expensive, but at the end of the day, they're worth it. Um, and there's another collector line that I'm we'll talk about during anticipated. But I collected the DC Universe Classics one. I I have some of the Master Universe ones. Um, the Watchmen one is just it. It really. I can't wait to display those eventually, and when I have more space. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about our shared love of one, which is the uh, the original Kenner Predator and Alien figures. Um, we have an we have an episode you can listen. To. Well, I actually, I'm going to have to upload those old episodes. <laughs> yeah. So so we have. Look forward yeah, to sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we have we have episodes of uh Pursuit of Plastic, um, which when we absorbed it into Tali Talk, we might have lost them. But we do one all about uh the Kenner line of Predator and, and Alien figures. So yes, uh the you know, you love those. What do you gotta say about them? Um it's really interesting when we're kids when they're putting out uh, R-rated franchises, action figures for kids. So it was awesome to see. Uh, I loved the Alien ones, especially when I was a kid because of the mini comics. It was cool to see the further adventures of the the dead colonial marines for the movies. <laughs> and they somehow had some fun adventures. But um, I loved all of those. I still have some. I collected some of the. I collect the newer, the newer versions of like the NECA ones with the throwback kenners um i just i just thought they were such a cool scheme especially the aliens uh all the different animals that they touched on with that i mean it's it's awesome it's just hilarious and and we mentioned in that episode just of how like you're marketing a line of action figures to kids based off R-rated franchises where the kids should never see those movies. No. You know, but we did. So. Mm-hmm. The 80s were a different time, though, back then. People These these days, those movies would be rated PG-13. I feel. Uh, yeah, actually, other than if you took... Well, the swearing. Like, that's the only thing. The swearing is what really, what really does it. Um, I mean, actually... Though Predator Two, I watched recently, and like there's sex, there's oh, nudity, yeah. there's like <laughs> that dude rip, like the Predator ripping out King um, Louis's head. I can't remember what his name is. It's not King yeah. Louis. King Louis from the Jungle Book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got the Jungle is. Book on the brain. Maybe it might be King Willie. King Willie. Well, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. So that that line is just. You know, like you said, mixing it with the uh, with the different animals and getting like a gorilla alien and stuff, just just cool, just badass. Definitely. I mean, that kind of nostalgia is really what drove my new collection of. I mean, it doesn't just stop at NECA for me. I mean, I collect like the Diamond Select ones. I collect the Funko ones. Like the Reaction series are amazing because it's like the old, you know, five point circulation figures. So. Um, I, I will. I love all that stuff. So I, I will just keep picking it up as I see it. 
yeah, I agree. Um, the last one that I wanted to talk about in my collection, um, and and I've talked about it on Gourmet Scum Radio, one of our other podcasts, my favorite toy that I've ever bought is my 24-inch Spider-Man figure, which has, I can't remember, it's like 125 points of articulation because every single finger joint moves and his feet and everything, not his toes, but his feet. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's an incredible figure. And uh, I remember I was a poor college student and it was around the time of, it was either the first or second Spider-Man movie. And this is at Toys R Us. And it was like $25. And I was like, I can't afford to get this, but this is Spider-Man. He's my favorite comic book character. This is an, an insane amount of articulation. I got to get it. And, and I did. Um, I can't remember. I think loose right now, it's, it's worth over a hundred dollars, but that figure I'll never give up. I remember always being on your mantle. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that toy so much. Um, they just you could pose him any way you want. You can make him do Michael Jackson moves. It's amazing, and he'll always stand up. Awesome. And they've never done a toy like that that I can see ever. There like, are I, some. I, there are twelve-inch Marvel Legends coming back though, so hopefully they get on that train and try to do it the same way. But that's twelve inches, dude. This is twenty, or actually, this is eighteen, 18 inches. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mind. I mean, like McFarland did the eighteen-inch figures, and I do have two of those, which I do love. Um, I have the Freddy that uh, when you press him, he says "No running in the hallways," and he's motion activated, and I do love that figure. And then I have the Ash with the chainsaw from uh, Army of Darkness, and then those eighteen-inch figures are also pretty freaking epic um i forgot about those until right now i have i have so many toys that are still in storage that i gotta unleash once we get a house but you know the you know the feeling <laughs> don't even talk to me about that shit i have a store i have a storage unit in my spare bedroom <laughs> um before i go into my main concentration of collecting why don't you mention the related star wars uh thing that you love so much Oh, my um, BB-8? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got BB-8. Um, you know, I got the BB-8 from Sphero. Uh, it's it's tons of fun. I I haven't watched Star Wars yet. Um, the it? Force Awakens on Blu-ray. Like, I haven't watched the full movie yet. But in the app, he'll interact with the movie. So yeah. when I actually get ready to watch it, I'll pull him out. He... He's mostly there to torture uh, my cat, Gandalf. Oh, good. Because all cats need good torturing. They do. They do. Um, So, yeah, your last last toy collection there? Yeah, the main... (laughs) At least 85% of my collection is Star Wars. From Vintage, which you helped me out a lot with. Actually, you know, growing up, I didn't have a lot of Vintage toys. Um, I had... I remember... I can count on my one hand probably the number of vintage toys I had. Um, it was kind of past. I was kind of past our collecting time. I would say. I remember Star Wars toys. They're just saying vintage. I'm sorry. Let's talk about Star Wars as usual. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, I remember seeing Star Wars vintage toys in stores, 
at a young age, but I never got that many of them. So it was kind of like nice being an adult and being able to get my hands on a mass quantity of them at once to kind of just build my collection. Um, so I've been really my my Star Wars collecting started off in the mid the mid nineties when they released the Power of the Force. Yes. Um, which was very cool, and that just you know that hasn't stopped yet. So I mean, every year there's new ones. <clears throat> there's um, and now they're you know they're into the Black series. So I mean, the the lines have really evolved since George Lucas annihilated the marketing world with this whole concept of making toys around a movie. Yep. That's, um, I mean, it will never, I don't think any toy series will ever be as big as star Wars, especially now that Disney's taken over. I mean, there's oh. no end in sight that's as to how big they'll be. So, and, you know, as many, as many problems they've had over the past year with those toys, I just really feel that, they'll correct that issue and eventually you'll be able to get your hands on everything. So I have no, I have no doubt with what Disney has in store. Oh, I'm glad you don't. (laughs) I've got most of the stuff. Hey, I've gotten most of the stuff I wanted at retail price. So I maybe overpay for one toy. No, no, I'm sorry. Three toys. Um, yeah, no, oh, all right. It's it is. It's, you have it. I it's don't. Jedi way. All right. So should we uh, go into a commercial break? Hell yeah. Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again! Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com You won't regret it! Podcast creators of the Pursuit of Plastic, Gourmet Scum Radio, and those geeks you know. In association with Don'tForgetATowel.com comes Tablet Talk, the podcasting network for all things geekly, from comics to movies to television and more. Tablet Talk is the podcast for your intergalactic geek. Don't forget to travel safe and travel with a towel. All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. 
those geeks you know, wow, three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you got to leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You, you got to leave. I called the cops. And we're back from some glorious commercials. Um, great as always. We have some great podcasts that you guys should be checking out. Uh, but let's move on with the episode. We're going to jump into our anticipated figures. As always, there's more figures to add to the collection uh, as time goes on, especially in our geekly age that we exist in now that there's just too much to afford. Damn right. So we kind of have to pick and choose until we win the lottery, you know, or until you marry a doctor. Um, so let's, uh, let's get on with it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so let's start with our uh, two very, uh, excited uh hyped up uh NECA figures we do uh i have both of ours in hand actually uh for the god of war NECA kratos figure uh it is fucking awesome uh Thank you. Can't i wait need to- that yeah just like i need half the figure that you didn't bring me last time um <laughs> so payback's a bitch but this, it is this figure is awesome i can't wait to see what they do with the nathan drake one for the uncharted figure um NECA's knocking it out of the park with all their figures um this is why they I keep getting why, more licenses exactly and this is why i get so pissed off about the price point that hasbro and mattel put their figures at you can get you can get awesome figures by NECA uh and dst and these great you know smaller companies that put more pride and in work into their their figures um for just about the same price. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's uh, an area of contention that we've been debating for a very long time. <laughs> it's like, same thing with how McFarlane says it. It's like, how do you not know how to make figures that look like the characters that you're creating the figures of? It's like, look at a fucking picture, and then you turn it into that figure. Don't give me wonky-ass eyes like your Marvel Legends, almost all of them. Same thing with your your Black Series. It's like, you look at the picture of Luke Skywalker, create it. NECA looked at a picture of Kratos, and they made it. Yep. Whatever. Go on. Drop the mic. That's right. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> um, so, we know there's a new Aliens hot toy coming out for the 30th anniversary of Aliens. Um, and we'll be talking about Alien Day in a little bit, but... um. You threw this at me uh, through the TNS group, and I actually pre-ordered it with installments. And I made my first installment the other day, so I'm very excited because not only does it now open a little bit of a floodgate that I have to get a Predator hot toy to go along with my collection, but yes. I'm excited to get a 12-inch uh, alien figure uh, of that magnitude that only uh, hot toys can deliver. Yeah, Predator Hot Toy is on my, other than we both have Machiko, as we mentioned, um, is definitely on my uh, list of things. Um, I'm, actually, I'm actually waiting to see with the new movie what they might do with that, how cool that one looks. But I kind of want the classic you know, Jungle Hunter or City Hunter. City Hunter is honest, my favorite. The, they're going to kill it. I mean, it's Shane Black. Um, if you guys don't know Shane Black, he's the director of Lethal Weapon, Iron Man 3, the upcoming movie, The Nice Guys, which looks like 
a Coen Brothers movie. It looks fucking hilarious. Um, or at least in the vein of uh, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is really great, which put uh, Robert Downey Jr. back on the map. But yeah, Shane Black is is directing this Predator movie, and it's written by Fred Decker and him. Fred Decker did Monster Squad, Night of the Creeps, two of my favorite movies of all time. So those guys, Black and Decker, um, reteaming to do um, a Predator movie. There'll be more practical effects than there will be CGI. I, I know it, just like Robert Rodriguez did with Predators. And you, I, I can't see... And it's going to be a single Predator. So it, it's back. I mean, I'm excited. I, I couldn't be more excited. In Hot Toys, they will pick that right up. And, you know, they want to make more Predator toys. Like, they haven't been able to do it. It's been dry lately because there hasn't been any Predator things. And... um I can't remember the last one that came out. I think it was the Elder Predators. So it's it's been a long time for them to make them, and I, I'm glad, or I hope they still own the IP. Obviously, this is their first alien figure, other than um, they'll do busts every once in a while um, and statues every once in a while, but this is the first articulated figure that they've done in the alien line. Um, they have a she-alien that's also coming out, which... It's just a garbage figure. I, I don't even know why it's getting made, um, but whatever. So I'm excited for them to do it. It's because people love sexy anime toys. <clears throat> I know. I know. All right. What's next? Speaking of Japanese toys, um, we love our Bandai figure arts. Um, we Outside of the Star Wars, we have collected... Uh, I have the Alien Predator ones. You have the Daft Punk one. The Duo, I guess. Um so you got me uh, hooked to the Star Wars figure arts. Um, so we have the Luke on pre-order. We know that there's a Grievous, which we've been waiting for an actual really good Grievous figure. Um, I almost got that Disney Elite, but I was like, fuck that. It's like a statue. It can't even stand up. I'm not going to spend money on that. I'll wait until I, um, Bandai does it with the figure arts. And also Jango Fett. Um, the first, like, we haven't gotten a Boba Fett figure, so this is really the first step to getting the Boba Fett figure, I think. Yeah, um, this year they're you know they're doing a lot more. They got those guys, Mace Windu, I believe is out or is coming out. Um, Attack of the Clones, you and McGregor is coming out, uh, and then a New Hope, Luke too. So, you know, this year they've got a pretty good lineup. Um, you know, I hope next year they kind of get a little weird. I want to see like a Cad Bane. I would like to see. A, oh yeah. You know, I'd like to see some some of the Clone Wars cartoon stuff, or even Rebels. Like I'd like, you know, Kanan just got put out through Black Series, and uh, I'm sorry, Ahsoka got put out through Black Series, which are those both two really really good figures. Um, they are quality art. I will admit that they are quality six inch mass produced figures, and. If this is the direction that they want to go in and they actually want to take some time and make these figures good, please do. The Luke? Yeah. And not so happy with but that's why we have the figure no, arts. Good. I don't like that Luke at all. <clears throat> um, but anyway, we, you know, we could go on and on about Bandai. Yeah. Um, the next one, it, I know this is more up your alley. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I love the Maddie Collector Clubs. I've been a part of a couple of them. Um, for some reason, I've never done the He-Man one. I don't know why. I've, I've bought, I've bought them here and there, but the the off the off characters of He-Man really don't interest me that much. 
Um, I have yeah. the B6. I have Skelter, He-Man, Battle Cat, Grammy the Dragon. I have Castle Grayskull. I want to get Tila. I want to get some of the main ones, but they're fucking expensive. So that'll be kind of like grail hunts. But I have jumped on to the upcoming Thundercats line, which was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. I love the kind of side characters in that show, too, because Thundercats is a little more sci-fi, barbarian fantasy than um, than even He-Man is. So I I like all the Thundercats. I love like the designs. I love Mumra. I think that's a really cool character. And actually, the, the, the mummy, the the decrepit version is the exclusive figure. So that's that's actually the cool part about the Maddie Collector lines. Um, you'll get one exclusive figure that only subscribers get. Even if you have early access or buy off, off the website, if you're lucky enough to get them um, day one, um, it's hard to get. So it's best to, to sign up for the club when you can. I'm kind of regretting not doing the He-Man Filmation one that just started this year. Um, I'm kind of punching myself for that because I really like those those classic designs, and all these figures are done by my favorite sculptors, uh, the Four Horsemen Studios, um, which will be one of our next uh, topics coming up here on anticipated figures. But anything Four Horsemen I can get my hands on, I think they just do a great job with the action figures. I will admit that the Maddie Collector stuff that I've seen has been very good. It's just that He Man and and um... Thundercats, like, you know, I tried watching them recently and I just don't care as much as I did when I was a kid. And believe me, I had every freaking He-Man toy ever when I was a kid. But not as important to me now. You know, it just needs, like, when they get an intellectual property that really draws me in, then I will I will go for it. And I will, I'll probably subscribe, but... Only because I like the Four Horsemen so much, but right now, you know, if I, if anything, I should have got onto the Watchmen one. Like that, you know, I love the Watchmen. That would have been the one to get to. You can still buy them actually at good price. Like they, there's a sur- there's a surplus of them even through Maddie Collector. Most of the time, they'll resell them. So I'll let you know next time if you want if you're interested. Yeah, I would like them more. But what I've what I've noticed though, <clears throat> even if like you collect them at first and you think about resale value. These figures, the the prices go up at least three to four times. So, it's it is worth it, even if you want to resell. That's what these. That's what that's why it's so hard to get it. Even I tried to get the filmation He Man on day one of the sale, like for general public. I it sold out. It was in my fucking shopping cart, and I lost it. So, these these people like buy up mass quantities and just resell them because that's the market we live in now with toys, unfortunately. Can you go into the Mythic Legions line by the Four Horsemen then? Yeah, of course. So um, last year last year, uh, I found on Kickstarter uh, like I said, Four Horsemen are like one of my favorite sculptors ever next to General Giant uh, some of the other ones, but <clears throat> they've <clears throat> they originally did a Kickstarter called Goth Gothic Gothic Gothicopolis or something like that that were all birds. So there was like this very medieval line of the different bird species, but as like warriors. Um, so they were very successful with that Kickstarter. So they decided to do more of more of a like a fantasy based one with like um, 
orcs and dwarves and warriors and stuff like that and they called it mythic legions and that was one of the most it was the most successful action figure kickstarter of all time um i i don't even want to mention what i donated to it but i have those are coming within the next few months um i am very excited for them um and even they they've had like um they did like a 1.5 series with like these uh, trolls, which I got one of them. So they they're going to continue the series, and I'm sure we'll see 2.0 on um, on Kickstarter soon enough. So uh, look forward to seeing some pictures of those coming soon. Yeah, if you guys want to look, go to their uh, website, Four Horsemen or Mythic Legions. We also have a good write up with them. We got to meet them at Toy Fair. Um, one of the sculptors, one of the the main guys from. Um, Mythic Legions, whose name is, of course, escaping me. But if you go to Don't Forget a Towel, just look up Mythic Legions. You'll see all of our coverage on it. It's pretty extensive, pretty extensive. But we did get to meet them at Toy Fair and actually see the toys in person, which was just awesome. What I like about it too is like um, it's a lot of like inter- interchangeable parts, um, so you can customize yes. them even after you own them. There's even yeah. a Barbarian set that uh, was a, like um, special to this that. You can buy it. It's a little bit more expensive than the rest of the figures, but it comes with all these accessories that you can build your own figure out of. Um, very cool. Very, de- very detailed. And um, there's actually a, um, I bought this, bought the uh, art book, which comes with like a role playing game that you can play with the figures. So it's very, it's, yeah. very uh, it's very intricate. I, uh, I'm excited. So. Okay. What's next? Uh, let's talk about some Mezco 112 Collective. We've mentioned this a few times over the past podcast. <laughs> Great line. Uh, we have my my four anticipated figures that are coming soon are the Punisher, Green Arrow, Spider-Man, and Deadpool. Uh, like I said, there's some figures in the line that I just don't really care about. I don't think the Flash looks that great. It's not. I don't think it's worth throwing down $75. Uh, the Shazam, I don't care. I'm not going to get Reverse Flash if I don't have the Flash. So I kind of like that this line doesn't make me want to collect them all. That it, it, it's nice to be able to pick out the ones I really, really want. So I guess at that price point, you kind of have to be selective. Yeah, knowing full well that you already are spending six hundred dollars on these figures alone <laughs> for the year. I mean, it. Yeah, like. When Mezco, and I think we talked about it on our last podcast, so I don't want to go too deep into it, but, um, you know, like, they're doing some remarkable things, and they got the properties from both DC and Marvel right now. Maybe next year, they'll even go crazier. Maybe they'll start getting Vertigo, and, you know, maybe we'll see, like, really good preacher figures because of the toys coming out, or uh, because of the TV show coming out, or Valiant. Valiant would be incredible if I got a a really articulated uh, Ninjack or uh, Bloodshot, you know. So right now, Diamond Select Toys is, is the only one who to put out, you know, mini mates of those two characters. But and uh, Exo Manowar, um, you know, I want to see some other. Yeah, it would definitely be nice to see some other toy makers put some Valiant stuff out. And and this year, I think Valiant's gonna. Not that they haven't been killing it the last few years, but. I think this year they've got this year they've got a lot more stuff planned, so they're going to do fantastic. And I think more companies will start latching on to like some of these smaller comic book companies. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um. All right. 
Diamond Select Toys, Ghostbusters line. Now, Mattel did a Ghostbusters line previous to this, which was okay. But the concept behind the Diamond Select Ghostbusters line is very interesting, especially if you buy the ones that come with a diorama. So you can build an entire rooftop from the first movie uh, by by collecting all the figures. And I just... I read like about series three today. I read about series four. So there's a lot of, it's just growing and growing and it's cool to see these movie accurate figures coming out. Yeah. It's nice because, you know, as a big Ghostbusters fan, you got two movies, you know what I mean? And you got, um, IDW does pretty well with putting out some pretty consistent comics. Their crossover last year with the turtles and the Ghostbusters was pretty fun. Um, but like you got two movies, you got the cartoon show from the eighties and then like for 30 years, there hasn't been anything for Ghostbusters and people seem to forget it because, you know, our people, our age still know the Ghostbusters still live on. Now we got that movie coming out this year, Diamond Select, you know, they've been good friends of us for a long time. Um, they snatched up that property and they're smart. You know, because this is the time that Ghostbusters is going to be back on the forefront of pop culture. And what better thing to do than get some movie accurate figures out there to the public? And Diamond Select um, always does a really good price point, just like just like NECA. And and even unlike NECA, they usually do more. Like you usually get a diorama base for twenty twenty five bucks. Um, their Marvel Select line is awesome. So like they're going to kill it with the, with the Ghostbusters. And, you know, they've been doing stuff like bottle cap openers and uh, ice cube trays and little stuff here and there, but these movie accurate figures making a huge diorama base, like they're going to kill it. Just wait till they make an Ecto one. Oh yeah. Just like they did with their, um, their uh, DeLorean, their DeLorean is, I mean, there's a 700, dollar delorean that hot toys puts out which is fantastic i'm not going to say anything but if you go and compare it just far away from the uh diamond select one which is uh, i think 60 dollars, i'll tell you right now you're not going to see too many differences it and it actually has more lights and sounds with it um so you know i have my marty mcfly when i go to buy that uh delorean i'll get the diamond select one because like it's it's good. It's a very well made figure, and um, yeah, an Ecto one by Diamond Select. Jesus Christ, it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, go ahead, go ahead on the well, uh, just, yeah. Uh, last piece of information, guys. Um, we joined this group called the uh, TNS. Uh, I want to say it's just TNS figures or something like that on on Facebook. Um. Really good community of one six scale figures. Sorry, one six scale figures where what they'll do is they'll do something called a group buy where all their members will have the option to get a figure, usually a grail figure, something that's like really not super popular. Um, and you can buy it and they'll get it at a cheaper price than what they'll sell through Sideshow. And they'll also get free shipping on it. So you're getting these... Re- and you can do um, the payment plan, actually, as well. And usually the payment plan is slightly cheaper than the one that will be on Sideshow as well. So you're getting a figure that's not easy to get. 
at a discounted price, including free shipping. And honestly, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, I agree. I mean, that was kind of my thing about these, about the one six scale is like not, you know, I don't want to pay for it all up front. It's very expensive, but if you're able to make like that black Panther, $28 over eight months is insane. Even the alien one, I'm paying $49 for five months, whatever it is. And 50 bucks a month. That's very, very easy to do. Um, I just actually, I just finished two orders with them. I ordered the caustic, uh, caustic figures or something like that. Uh, William Wallace, uh, figure, which is just is epic. And I can't wait to take some pictures of that. Um, they made, they have like the original, like weird William Wallace head. And then they made a, uh, they made a Mel Gibson version. one, So it's very cool. And then the thing about this site is it's not just complete figures. You can buy heads. They'll do group buys on that. They'll do like accessory, like build your own kit kind of like I bought a blade one, which came with like all of his accessories in his head. In his head, and then I had to go on eBay and buy a cheap body, which you can easily, easily do. Um, so, and I'm making my own blade one six figure for like under like around hundred bucks, say you know. So it's actually kind of cool that you can do that. Um, so, which really got me thinking about customs and and what we can really, what we can really do with these kind of figures. Yeah, I would be interested. You know what I I would really like? This is just my own fantasy world. Um, Why haven't we gotten a 1-6 scale turtle that's, like, super articulated? I know Bandai, um, the fig arts are going to be coming out with the cartoon versions of the characters. And then, um, who is it? Is it uh, Playmates? Right or is it NECA that's going to be putting out? Yeah, NECA is going to be putting out the uh, movie versions of the characters. Um, but it would be nice to get, you know. And also, Fig Arts has the Nickelodeon versions of the characters, which are freaking phenomenal. But a one twelve version of the of the turtles, highly articulated. Oh my gosh, I I would that would be it. I'd, I'd spend it easily, mm-hmm. easily. Sorry, that's four just my own fantasy world. I want to see the four, four times over. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Does add up when you want to get it. At least got to get Raphael for me and Leonardo for me. Right. Let's wrap it up for this today's episode. I'm glad we could get back to the pursuit of plastic. It's something that we really enjoy talking about, and we would like to, you know, like Casey said, maybe once a month we'll uh, we'll do a p- pursuit of plastic episode. Uh, outside of our, our normal geekly uh, tally talk episodes, so like he said, find us on the social medias. Uh, we're on we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we also have a great podcast network. Uh, tell them about that, Casey, since you're involved with all of them. You got it. Uh, you can listen to Gourmet Scum Radio. Those geeks, you know, um, if you like indie video games and craft beer you can listen to the brew list uh podcast as well um, and i hope you're listening to us on either stitcher or itunes and if you're on itunes rate and review us spread the word we love to hear feedback um we love to grow so that's this is casey this, that's all i got to say this is chris i love toys 